Hey everyone, I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, Episode 7. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader, What Should I Read Next? We don't get bossy on this show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Every week, we'll talk all things books and reading and do a little literary matchmaking with one guest. Before we do that, I wanted to make sure you're following What Should I Read Next on Instagram. You can find us at What Should I Read Next, where we'll post stuff about the show. Obviously, good books, but also info about the people I'm talking to, peeks behind the scenes, and much more. Today's guest is Oshita Moore, an ESFJ, devoted reader, and blogger at shalominthecity.com. We chat about Oshita's reading goals for the year, her audible obsession, her hatred of an extremely popular novel, and of course, what she should read next. Let's get to it. Oshita, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Anne. Oshita, <laughs> on your blog, you've written a lot about why reading is important to you. Can you tell us a little about what and why you read? Yeah, so I have always been a reader, and so I know that I've heard other people say on the show, like, um, you don't under you don't remember a time where you didn't read, and that was really my life. Um, my parents had a huge yard, and we had a lot of big trees, and so I had like my tree that I would sit under and read. It's you know very idyllic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I was always reading, um, and so I love to read really good fiction. I really love the idea of learning about someplace new and experiencing someplace new and that somebody can take words, which we all have access to and we all speak and write every single day, but the way that somebody can take sentences and take you from a tree in the backyard of a little Texas house in a a small Texan town and like drop you in the middle of India is amazing to me. And so I've always loved fiction for that reason. I like to read... um, a lot of really good fiction that has the ability to take me from where I am and drop me into an exotic and new place that I would never actually be able to go to. But because I'm reading this book, I can experience it. And so I just really love the ability of authors to fashion sentences to, to transport you from one place to another. And then I also read um, a lot of nonfiction about I'm a parent, so like parenting things. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of work in the inner city, so I like to read books on justice. Um, I'm working on a book, and so I'm doing some research for that. Um, So those are the reasons why I read. I do have to, um, I feel like I have to admit that I tend to listen to stories more. So fiction, I really love audiobooks because I think that the narrator adds just another level of, uh, just interest to a story with the accents and voice inflection. Mm-hmm. And, and I do most of my actual like reading uh, like with my nonfiction. And I'm one of those active readers. I have to have a pen and a highlighter and I make notes in books. And so mm-hmm. um, it's kind of hard to make notes along with a <laughs> fiction book. <laughs> and so that's why I really, I'm a huge audible fan. Uh-huh. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay, here's how this works. You're going to tell me three books you love, one book you hate, and what you've been reading lately, and then we'll talk about what you should read next. Okay. Let's start with your favorites. Tell me three books you love. Okay, so three books that I love. The first book that I love is A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I 
typically I'm always asking the question, what should I read next? And so I like to go to bookstores and libraries and see the shelves where the, either the librarian suggests or, you know, your bookseller suggestions. Like I love just standing there and reading and hearing why people love to read books. And, um, I have never, I had never heard about a discovery of witches and that, and apparently had been out for a long time because when I started reading, when I read it, the second book was already out, mm-hmm. but I, it was at my librarian's, it was my librarian's pick for around, I think maybe Halloween, you know, cause discovery of witches is a story. It's basically Deborah Harkness thought, what would a vampire and a witch do? Like, what would their life be like? like their everyday life, like what kind of jobs would they be, would they have? And then what kind of story would they have if they fell in love with each other? Uh-huh. Um, so the librarian said, it's like Twilight for grownups. I, <laughs> I remember that line. And initially, like immediately, I'm like, no, 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 no. I am not into the whole Twilight craze. But then she went on to talk about how, you know, how rich it was in history and how well written it was and, you know, it was, she was a page turner for her. And so I checked it out and I was hooked, completely hooked on a discovery of witches. Um, and I got it in the audio book so I could uh-huh. listen to it. And, um, and so that for me is one of like the best kind of fiction, like my best favorite fiction that I've ever read. She does this interesting thing where it's in first person for the first couple of chapters it, from the from the witch's perspective, um, Diana, and then she switches, and it's kind of omnipresent from like watching Matthew kind of process how he's falling in love with mm-hmm. Diana, which I know kind of sounds so like I don't know lame, like they're falling in love, but it was really <laughs> interesting. I think it was just it, and the way she did it, and it wasn't jarring because sometimes you know when you read a book and they switch up like that, you're like, wait, what just happened? Right. But the way she did it was so seamless. And then she kept doing that throughout the book. And so it just created just this really well-rounded story. So Discovery of Witches, my all-time favorite fiction. Um, so my next favorite book would be Pastrix by Nadia Bowles-Weber. Mm-hmm. Tell us and a little I, bit about that. Yeah, I chose Especially, that one. I didn't know Pastrix was a real word until yeah, quite yeah. a bit into the book. I know. I thought it was just some like pejorative thing that they, word that they made up for her because she's a, she's a woman um, pastor in the Lutheran church. Um, so Nadia Bowles Weber, I, um, I really loved Pastrix for a couple of reasons. Um, I really think she's a beautiful writer and she's very honest to her voice. And so I feel like sometimes somebody can be a beautiful writer. And then when you hear them like speak or you're there at a reading, they sound nothing like their writing voice. But with Nadia, it sounds like, oh my gosh, she actually sounds like this, and she's able to write so well. And mm-hmm. so, so there's, you know, there's some cuss words in it. And there's, she, she talks about some really <laughs> I, I think things. the first word in the book might be, uh, <laughs> yes. might get bleeped. Right. So, um, so that's, you know, but that didn't bother me because it just felt really honest. And I loved Pastrix because um, the subtitle is something like the cranky, beautiful face of us. I, I forgot the, the, sub, the, the subtitle, but um I just really loved her base journey and how she was really, um, you know, she came, she had just such a rough start. And then now that she's this pastor and she's just able to communicate her faith in a way that's really accessible for everyone. Mm -hmm. So I loved that. 
Oh, that's um, a memoir. Does that mean you read it with, with a pen and a highlighter? So actually, no, because I usually listen to memoirs. And the next one I'm going to share is a memoir too. And I especially love memoirs that are read by the author. Uh-huh. And Pastrix was read by Nadia. And so that's, that's one that I got to audible. Um, the, ne- the, the, other, the last book that I love is A Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. And mm-hmm. it's fairly new. I think it just came out like in, I don't know, like in the na- past couple months. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's still everywhere. It's still everywhere. I mean, and it's still full price at Target. <laughs> the, the true sign. <laughs> right. Um, so Year of Yes. I have never, I never even knew who Shonda Rhimes was. My husband and I, kind of binged watch Scandal for our anniversary one year. <laughs> and I, so I, I, you know, I didn't realize who she was in connection to, she kind of owns Thursday night TV between Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. I didn't know this about her. Now the she's reason- a, it's been a while since I read maybe half that book. I haven't finished it yeah. yet. You can tell me why I should. Um, she's, <laughs> she's a writer for those shows, isn't she? Right. So she's a show creator and she's, she's the writer so like the story runner so she has people that write for her but she's the one that she she uses this analogy in her book that she lays down the track for the train to drive on uh-huh. or to, so she's the one that sort of like like lays the story out for everyone so she decides um, what happens exactly that's um, a lot of pressure that's a lot of pressure um and so i started i read uh i i picked up year of yes because like I said, I didn't really know who Shonda Rhimes was. Why should I listen to her? But one of my good friends who studied African-American literature for her master's, um, I was telling her about my one, my desire to read books written by more African-American women this year. And she said, oh, right now I'm reading A Year of Yes and it's given me life. You need to read it right now. Um, that sounds good. So, I know, right? And so, um, so I, I got it based on her recommendation. And what I really love about A Year of Yes, because I think with a topic like, I'm going to say yes to all the things that scare me, that's kind of a trendy thing that people mm-hmm. are talking about right now. And I, and so for that reason, I wanted to turn my nose up at it. But I think the way she, the way she is able to talk about her fear and the way she's able to talk about the things that have held her back from saying yes and She's really good at her, like her self-reflection. She's so good at that, but she's also really funny. Now, tell me a book you hate. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I hate this book. Um, and I feel <laughs> so bad for saying it. I feel so bad because I know people love it so much. It's been revolutionary for a lot of people. But I really, really hated The Help. There are so many reasons to hate a book. Tell us why it's your, it's your pick here. Uh, okay. Um, well, I think the biggest thing that I didn't love about it was that um, it felt like to me uh, that, I, I mean, I wanted to love the premise of it, that this girl who whose life was so affected and she loved the help in her, her home so much that she wanted to give them a platform to tell their stories. And she's a, she's a writer. Like I, I loved that. I like, I wanted to love that, but for me, it just felt a little bit exploitive um, of their stories. And I just wished that there was a way. And I, I, I think I remember hearing that it was a little bit like autobiographical autobiography, like a little bit of that, but I wish that there was a way to sort of honor their voices and a little bit more, I don't know that it was, it didn't felt so, 
pejorative, not pejorative, but it just, for me, it felt that I really wanted the black women to have more of a, a say and to have more agency in the way that they told their story and not necessarily be because of, you know, the, the white woman that they all serve. Or, right. Or um, and it is true that so many people love, love, love that book, but, mm-hmm. but the help has received a lot of criticism, like from scholars and from women on the street for exactly the reason you're talking about. Right. And the other thing too, is I, you know, I feel like a lot of our stories, African-American stories center around slavery or the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the fact that this book sort of blew up and it was really honing in on that time, um, I felt like it celebrated, it just celebrated that time or it gave more attention to it. And it kind of perpetuated for me that, or it made it harder for me to find books and love books that talk about all the joyful things about being Mm African-American. And and our stories not always have to be centered around that. And then we're celebrated because we're these amazing servants at this one point of time in history, which, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and then I was just really sad with some, some of the um, relationships in the, in the book and um, didn't feel very authentic to me. And so I just, I, I, tried to go to the book with a really open mind. Mm-hmm. And I was actually had no interest in reading The Help until one of my girlfriends wanted to see the movie. And so I have this thing where if there's a movie out based on a book, I won't see the movie until I read the book. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem fair. Um, and so I forced myself to read it. And, I, you know, there were some truly beautiful moments. Um, and I think the writing is, is, is pretty great. But I just, for me, I just wish that the, there was more, again, like agency of the black women in the book than there was. I hear you on that. I never did see the movie. Yeah. Better, worse, worth it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it's on like, you know, USA and you're folding laundry, sure. Turn it <laughs> okay. Ringing praise. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Oshita, what are you reading right now? Okay. So right now, um, I am trying to read, like I've mentioned before, I'm trying to read books by um, African-American authors or with an African-American protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. Uh-huh. How are you liking that one? Uh, I am loving it. Again, I'm listening to it in audiobook because I heard from oh, my friend who is uh, – who suggested A Year of Yes. I heard that it was free verse poetry. And I love – like I love spoken word poetry so mm-hmm. much. And so I've, I wanted to hear how, I wanted to hear it. And and Jacqueline is actually the one reading it in, in the audiobook, And so it's just beautiful. Uh-huh. I did There's, that on Audible too, not that long yeah. ago. It was so well done. And I feel like for me, I'm, I'm it's one of those um, audiobooks that I can just turn on at any point and just be completely blown away by not just her writing, but her ability to tell a story. And then in, and at the end of each, you know, section, you, you've gotten something, you've learned a little bit more and mm-hmm. you've grown a little bit more, at least for me, like that's how I feel listening to it. It feels very honest to me as a, as a black woman. Like I, there are so many things that she talks about as, as a black girl and as like coming of age that just really resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just love that. I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. And like I said, I feel like it's going to be one of those things, one of those books that I just go back to all the time because I, it's becoming like a good friend to me. Um, the next book that I'm reading is a is another one that was a recommendation. 
um, Band Girl by Rainbow Rowell. Uh-huh. Is, is that the right way to say I her name? So. I think so. I think so. Okay. I'm not a big fan of hers. Um, I read Attachments, mm-hmm. and it was it was good. It was it was good. It was good enough. It was one of those things that I could pop on um, and listen to while I'm you know working out or taking the dog mm-hmm. for a walk. Um, and so I'm listening to Fangirl. I'm trying to, to get through it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and the reason why I really want to commit to it is one, I have like this really weird um, interest in fan fiction. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I don't think I'll ever do it because that's just see, I, I don't think I'll do it. And but I just I think it's so fascinating that somebody can be so taken by characters or a place that they want to they want to spin off from it and create their own story. So. Um, so I want to I want to understand more about about the uh, calf. I think that's the main character. Uh-huh. But then supposedly the, the the book that she's spinning off is like sort of like Harry Potter. And I am a huge Harry Potter nerd. Like I love Harry Potter. Like I told my husband that my dream date would be for us to go to Universal to to like see the Harry Potter exhibit. Like you should do I it. love I love Harry Potter. I mean, I've so never much. been. But if that's the dream date, you should totally do it. Yeah. Well, when, when they were, when the like touring expedition came to the um, Boston Museum, the Museum of Science in Boston, um, we were, our kids were really, really little and we were so broke. And I, I literally cried like actual big tears when we realized I could not go. So for that reason, I want to give Fangirl a lot of attention and I want to get through it. So you need to power through Fangirl so you can get to carry on. That's what you're yes! saying? Okay. That's, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. See, I wasn't going to read Carry On because I didn't particularly enjoy Fangirl. Really? But yeah, but just a couple of days ago, somebody was talking me into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I no, think I, I will really... give it a try, but I haven't yet. Okay, good. So I'm, that's good to know that I'm not, because I feel like all of my friends just have such high praise for Fangirl, and so you know, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep at it. And then the last book that I'm reading is really funny. And I'm really enjoying it. It's um, called The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. Uh-huh. Tell us about Issa it. Ray. Yeah. And so I don't even know who Issa Rae is, but you know how you kind of fall down the rabbit hole of you, you, you read this, you might like this. And then like an hour later, you're marking books that you've never even heard about. <laughs> I, for better or worse. <laughs> yes. I completely know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. So that this, I found this like at the bottom of one of those rabbit uh-huh. tracks. Um, so uh, Issa Rae is an, like a YouTube, like a YouTube sensation. And she has her like own YouTube channel and she, she makes, makes these videos and she's, um, her family is from Singali. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually are, they're from South Southern California. So they have, her dad has a health clinic in Compton. So we're in Southern, we're in LA. So it's not too far from uh-huh. us. What I really love about this book is it's funny. Um, she's able to talk about hard things like hair, like Afri- like our struggle with our hair, um, and be so fun, like so entertaining about it, and so self-deprecating, but also just um, empowering. Like uh-huh. you feel, I, I feel so good about having a black girl hair now that I've read a misadventure. Not that, not that I didn't love our hair, like. For black women, our hair has always kind of been like this fraught topic that we have and we do so many different things to it. And we just, um, and so she, she talks, there's this whole section where she talks about that. And it just, just, it was just, like I said, empowering. 
Um, she also mentions um, how she never felt black enough um, and she didn't quite understand some like culturally black things. And so she, and that kind of like falls into that, that awkward black girl kind of mm-hmm. part of the title. And I really resonated with that. And so just her talking about like how she says the wrong things or like she came to school and everybody was like, who's too, like, she, like Tupac died. And she's like, what's Tupac? Where's, who's Tupac? Like, I totally get that. And Tupac was this, I like huge influential mm-hmm. hip rapper and he had a tragic death, but um, so many people loved him and found a lot of life and direction in his, in his, in his words. And so when he died, it's just like this huge ripple in the African-American community. And so when she goes to school and everybody's mourning Tupac, she's like, wait, what happened? And I totally get that because I wasn't allowed to, I didn't know about hip hop or I wasn't allowed to watch BET or things like that. And so I really love that part of the book. It just feels like, um, it just feels joyful. And that's really what I enjoy. Oh, good adjective. Thanks. Okay. Is there anything you want to be different in your reading life? Yes. Um, I want to, I want to read, um, like I said, I, am doing this thing. Um, I have a reading challenge for myself this year is I want to read more books written by African-American women or have African-American protagonists, women, hope probably ideally, but it could be boys too. Well, you've certainly laid a strong foundation for that with your picks and I have ideas for that shelf. We'll get right to it after the break. Okay, welcome back. Oshida, here's what I'm noticing about your picks. They are a mix of inspirational, thought-provoking, and just plain enjoyable reads. And they are all story-driven. Like even Shonda Rhimes and Nadia Boltz-Weber, your nonfiction books, they just tell story upon story upon story to get their message across. Does that sound right to you? Yep, that sounds exactly right. So I've got three definitely varied picks for that shelf. Okay. Book one is your issues book. It is How It Went Down by Kekla Magoon. It's a YA novel, although it's strongly reminiscent of real life events. Is this a title you're familiar with? No, I've never heard of it. Okay. So this has been praised and criticized for being like the Trayvon story brought to fiction. It's it's nuanced. It's thought provoking. It's about a neighborhood shooting that may or may not be connected to gang violence, depending on who you believe, because she tells the story from multiple points of view and those often conflict. So it's the unreliable narrator times 10 because you have no idea who can be trusted and who can't. So even though the headlines aren't always a promising beginning for a good YA novel, she steers this away from getting too simplistic. She doesn't exactly follow that, that event by any means. Um, But she manages to, to take a current event and transform it into a YA novel um, in a way that, uh, you know, fiction provides a distance to let you think through the issues going on in the world without necessarily talking about the news and the headlines. Right. And she does a good job of, of doing that with this book. And okay. she is definitely an author to keep an eye on. She has a half dozen or so award-winning YA novels out and she's still putting them out every couple of years. So I'll definitely be paying attention to what, what she puts out in the future. Book two is a memoir it's called The Light of the World, and it's by Elizabeth Alexander. Is this okay. one you're familiar with? No. Okay. Well, it might be best known for being Michelle Obama's favorite book of 2015. When oh. all the year-end lists came out, um, 
this one was mentioned a lot and that was always I mean if Michelle Obama says that a book was her favorite like you got to work that in wherever you can I think oh you know what this is actually on my audible wish list because I I pulled up the picture of the cover and I I totally oh my gosh this is exciting I can imagine this sounding beautiful I read the hardcover I haven't even heard the audible sample, but I'm very curious because um, the writing is just so beautiful. So it's a memoir. It's the story of a marriage. And what happened is the author, who was a Yale professor, she teaches poetry. She's won all kinds of poetry awards. She actually read, before this book came out, she was probably best known for reading a poem at Obama's inauguration. I think the 2009 inauguration. But this story is um, the story of her husband's death just four days after he turned 50 you know he was healthy as a horse and then dropped dead on the treadmill and this is her look back a few years later at their life together at their love and the impact of that loss in her life and Mm. I'm kind of skittish about books like these because she's writing like my worst fears come to life so I'm not sure that's a healthy place to go if I don't need to but a, a friend gave me a push and it is about loss but mostly it's about it's about the love and the loss is only significant to her because the love was so great. And Mm. she's just such a good storyteller and the material she has to work with is amazing. I mean, her life with her husband and their two, their two sons just sounded so interesting. So she's an American. She was born in Harlem and they're the same age. They're within a couple months of each other. So at the time she's writing about, um, they were both 50 and her husband was born in Eritrea in East Africa. And he came to New Haven where they met as a refugee from the war. So they were both artists. He was a painter and that's his painting on the cover of the book that you're seeing on audible and their home just sounds like this amazing vibrant multicultural extravaganza with food and friends and music and art like it is a memoir it's a true story but you can easily imagine this being a novel by an author who does female characters really well like say elizabeth burke Um, but her husband just seems absolutely like like someone you could know but also kind of larger than life in the way some important people in your lives are and it's just it's really beautiful book three is your page turner it's love is the drug by alaya don johnson do you know anything about this no okay so this is a ya novel imagine it it's new it just came out in the last year or two so imagine gossip girl meets station 11 with a dash of spy thriller plus it also weirdly reminded me of a wrinkle in time by madeline langle Oh, that's exciting. Okay, so here's what happens. The story revolves around Emily Bird, who is a smart, privileged girl at a Washington, D.C. prep school that's for the kids of the nation's elite. So she's going to school with, like, the kids of the vice president and the diplomats and the Congress people and all the movers and shakers. So she knows what's expected of her, especially by her parents, and that's... They want her to make amazing grades, get into an Ivy League, date a boy who's going places in D.C., relax her kinky hair, and basically fulfill her rich kid destiny. But, you know, that's enough material for a YA novel right there. But right. <laughs> but we, we got to ramp it up. So a flu virus that's been affecting California explodes and becomes a pandemic, which means way more work for Emily's scientist parents who already aren't particularly involved in her life when they're not telling her what to do. Um, they are key players in developing a vaccine to this flu, which is rumored might be bioterrorism. So because her parents are involved, she is suspected to possibly know too much about everything that's going on by it dangerous rogue CIA agent. Wow. This this is so over the top. So, and because that's not enough, her love life suddenly gets way more complicated. So this, so this is YA. 
there is yeah. nothing subtle about this book. Like dangers abound on every level, but it doesn't degenerate into the ridiculous like it could unless skilled hands. It's good yeah. reading. It's suspenseful. It's hard to put down, but you have to know what you're getting into. Like mm -hmm. this is definitely over the top. Oh my God. It's well done over the top, but it's out there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, that sounds like so much fun. And I don't, I, one thing with my reading challenge is I am trying to go through four different types of books every month. Mm -hmm. um, a memoir written by an African-American author, an intro to African-American lit. So like things like I Know Why the Cage Bird mm -hmm. Sings or Beloved, mm -hmm. a YA or nonfiction. And so the fact that you gave me this really gripping, like super fun YA book, I just, I'm so excited about that. Wonderful. Okay. I also want to give you a Twitter account. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just stumbled across this recently. It's called Black Chick Lit. So spelled black chick, C-H-I-C-K, lit, like literature. Okay. Mm -hmm. And here, there's also a blog to go with it. But here's my big beef with this account. It's run by, I think, two women who are students, and they are prioritizing their studies over their blog and their Twitter <laughs> account. And it's just, oh it's gosh. dragging me down. But um, they are, they're more active on Twitter than on the blog. And the whole project just started, I think, back in October. So they've got plenty of time to build this out over years during, you know, summers and spring yeah. break. Um, the, the women who run it are the right blend of, um, relatable, um, sweet and snarky. And I just, I, I love to see what they're, what they're recommending. And it might just be book lists or it might be the individual titles they're taking a mm -hmm. look at. Oh, but, but that's so helpful. But since you've got many books to get through if you're reading one a month in four categories, yeah. so more resources are not a bad thing, especially when yeah. they're, you know, entertaining and enjoyable and funny. Right. And I'm one of those people that read several books at one time. And mm -hmm. so the reading four books a month didn't feel so scary to me. Uh -huh. um, and so now I think it's really good to have like an ongoing resource that I can check in with. Um, so thanks for that yeah, Twitter account. Your, I'm going to keep follow it right now. Oshida, what do you think you'll read next? Oh man, that's hard. Um, okay. So I can, I'm going to kind of do process of elimination a little bit. <laughs> I don't know that I will read how it went down first, just because I have a 13 year old and that's a little bit of my biggest fear Ooh, right now. Uh -huh. Um, so I think I kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to, um, like, I have to do a little bit of joyful and get like really excited or built up emotionally and then go to the deep, dark place. Right. Right. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is read love is the drug first. Cause I'm really excited about that. And I was looking at the author while you were talking and she looks, um, she seems amazing. So I, I'm going to read that one first. Um, and I'm really excited about that. Thank you. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think. Yeah. I will let you know. Sounds good. Thanks for talking books with me today. Thanks. This was, I, so everybody has been saying this on your podcast. Like this is like book therapy, <laughs> like my midwife into like African-American literature right now. So thank you so much. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. You're welcome. Hey everyone. I love chatting with Oshida about her love of story, Audible, and her burgeoning brown girls bookshelf. If you have suggestions for that bookshelf, visit whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash seven and leave them there in comments. Remember, you can find Oshida at her blog, shalomanthecity.com, or on Twitter at Oshida. That's O-S-H-E-T-A. 
Before we go, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at what should I read next. If you're on Twitter, let me know there at Ann Bogle. That's Ann with an E, B-O-G-E-L. Well, that's it for this episode. As Reiner Maria Rilke says, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone. Thank you.